Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 106. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Emma Peridot, who is local to me. Um, I've had tons of people on that I call local acts, and they are, uh, but most of them are like in the Chicago area, things like that, so like a three, three and a half hour drive for me. Um, Emma is actually based out of Indianapolis, which is like a 45 minute drive down the road. So it's super cool that we're able to connect um, and talk about what's going on with her and the new music she's working on, the new uh, kind of vision for her sound and the way she's building herself and this uh, journey that she's starting and it's super, super fucking cool. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about the fact that she's got a new single coming out um, in just a couple days after this podcast goes live. Uh, we talked about building a fan base and being DIY and just all these incredible things. Uh, she's got a real knack for the business already and kind of what her vision and, and pursuit is going to be. Um, and she was super dope to talk to, so that's always fun. Uh, I don't want to waste any more time, so let's dive into it. Jumping in right now to my conversation with Emma Peridot. So yeah, let's do the kind of the standard intro, like, who are you? And just a little background on yourself, like, where did this all come to be for you? Yeah, for sure. So I, I really started, like, taking music seriously and releasing music as Emma Parado back in, like, 2019. Um, I had released some stuff prior to that um, under my legal name, but then I kind of took on the stage name and I was like, all right, this is official back in like 2019. Um, and it was awesome. Like it was going super, super well. And then obviously COVID hit kind of <laughs> threw a little bit of a wrench in things, but like, I've been feeling so like, I've just been feeling this, like this passion for it, like reignited lately. I don't really know yeah, like definitely. if that's like a, a global feeling, but, um, but yeah, so started back in 2019, um, been kind of pushing through and now I'm like really, uh, ramping things back up and, you know, I'm hitting the road for some shows, uh, this later this spring and summer, um, trying to play a bunch of pride festivals, stuff like that. But, um, who's Emma Parado? I mean, I would say sound wise, um, I've kind of dabbled into like electro pop and more recently like pop rock sounds. So I'm kind of trying to find a cool, like I used to do more like pop EDM. Now I'm kind of drifting into pop rock. So I'm kind of trying to find a cool hybrid of the two in my like big projects that I have coming up and songwriting that I'm doing now. Um, but you know, who I am as a person and as an artist as well, like, a big part of my brand has been um, that I'm a member of the LGBT community. So I've always, you know, like my purpose for doing this and really the reasoning for all of it is to just be like, I wish that I would have had someone like me when I was growing up, you know, to like write songs about girls and like, be like, I'm like them too. And, and this is, you know, I relate to this and, you know, that's like a journey that I feel like can be lifelong because I'm really just writing songs about my life experiences and the things that I go through and like hoping that they connect with people who are like me or at the very least can relate to me, you know, and relate to what I stand for and just like being authentic and being yourself and like not not letting the haters get you down for lack of a better, <laughs> better term. No, no, totally get that. And, you know, there's so I run this podcast and another one called Musicians for Mental Health, which potentially, uh, you know, if you're down, we could definitely do an episode of that as well. Um, but I, I make that same type of comment, you know, like, be the person that you wish you had when you were growing up, especially when it comes to mental health, um, you know, self-discovery, things like that. Like, I know for my mental health with depression, anxiety, things like that, like, 
I'm 36 years old. We didn't talk about that. I'm a guy. You know, guys don't have emotions, don't have feelings, all mm-hmm. that. And now I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, it's okay. I'm a human being, not just a, a dude or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, for you to say, too, like, you're trying to be the person that you didn't have growing up for others to see themselves to some extent, you know, whether they fully relate or not, to look on, on stage, you know, as you're getting ready to ramp up tours and stuff, but to look up on stage and be like, oh, you know, like, there's someone like me that I can kind of see as a, a footprint or, or a, mm-hmm. starting to lead a path for me. 100%. Yeah. I, I love everything you said about mental health, too. And I'm like, super down to be on that podcast as well, because I think that's something I love that you do that, because I've really, it's been so cool to see. I feel like we've come a long way on kind of both of these issues over the last like 10 years or so, but like still, obviously there's a long way to go at the same time. Um, But yeah, I would, I would love to be a part of that. And I, you know, think it's really cool that you do that. And everything Um, from your current perspective, you know, seeing kind of this evolution of your sound and I've gotten to listen to you a little bit since Hope talked to me about you and all that, you know, obviously it's an intentional transition, but is it a transition that is like sonically is a, tr- a transition that just feels more comfortable or is it the intent of, I know that I can produce here and have more, exposure maybe? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think my taste has kind of like evolved a little bit over time. Um, I, I used to listen to like, for lack of a better term, like more mainstream Uh stuff, like, you know, like the, like bubblegum kind of pop that was, you know, top 40 hits and stuff. But I've really over like, I think maybe just having like all the time in the world over the pandemic, I kind of like dabbled into some stuff that like maybe I wouldn't have listened to before, you know? And um, I've found some like really cool bands, like indie pop and pop rock bands that I've just like really been into. Um, And also I think pop rock's also becoming a little bit more mainstream now. Like Olivia Rodrigo's stuff was like the biggest album of (laughs) 2021. So So that's, you know, not that I'm like chasing trends or anything, but I do think, you know, like I discovered bands like the band Camino, um, like Coin, bands like that, that like I maybe had heard before, but really got into over the pandemic. So, yeah, yeah, I think my my, like taste has just changed a little bit, but I don't necessarily want to like completely ditch the like electronic vibe of the old stuff entirely like another band that's been a huge influence lately is paris Uh and i love how like they kind of blend that like dark electronic vibe with the more like heavy rock stuff so yeah yeah, i'm kind of like developing this new sound right now and and we'll see how i end up figuring out like a, a cool sonic blend of the two but yeah 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 and i think you know Lynn is an incredible songwriter, you know, yes. speaking of Paris and just the way the, that she's been able to kind of redefi- redefine how she's looked at, not only within the industry, but to come out and say, like, look, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, fuck off. I don't care because I'm not going to apologize anymore. 100%. That's like Paris is like the band. If I could open for like one band right now, I feel like it would be Paris. Like. Yeah. I'm like fucking obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I've gotten, they were on Warp Tour a couple of years, but I say a couple years back. It seems like a couple years back. Um, but I got to photograph them there and like, oh my they God. just put on such a show. Such oh. a show. They're so good. Man, I would kill to see them live. I haven't seen them live yet. I would it's, kill for it. It's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about kind of, the history first before we get into the upcoming single mm-hmm. um so like you said kind of historically it's been like this dark edm dark synth type stuff to some degree um and now you're you're working on this transition um with 
that initial kind of blueprint you were using, I guess, is the best way I want to word it. How mm -hmm. has that affected the songwriting as you transition into the new Sonic, you know, soundscape here? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You have such great questions. Um, <laughs> it's in, it's definitely interesting. Cause like structurally those types of songs are a lot different. Like, you know, yeah. a, a typical EDM or like future based song has like pretty much a verse, like a refrain. And then there's like a big drop section. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of interesting trying to like use that like EDM structure in like more pop rock styles you know what i mean like not instead of a drop just maybe have like a cool hook with like i'm still kind of using i used a lot of like glitchy vocal samples and stuff like that or just like a cool like instrumental hook even um so yeah i've kind of like trying to been trying to like dabble in the structures of both but like switching them over to the other um and then like yeah, just like incorporating different sounds where you might not expect them. Like if a song is just like totally like all organic instruments, let's say like, you know, real kit, real bass, real guitars. And then somewhere in the song, you just like throw in like, you know, like a crazy dubstep, like growl or something. You know what I mean? Just like kind of just like fucking around with like, how can I bring elements of each of these into like this weird blend that's like cool and different i don't know <laughs> yeah no that that totally makes sense and you know that's exactly why i brought it up because like for people that maybe aren't music creatives and songwriters and not fully understand the difference between how an edm song or honestly any genre like how much difference there really is in how you want to structure those um you know like rock and country are kind of interchangeable but you still have to be like very mindful of, okay, what key are we playing in? What kind of tempo are we going for? Like, how do I arrange this theoretical poem or spoken word into this piece of art with music? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, people don't necessarily like, you wouldn't, as like a casual listener, you wouldn't like think about that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's yeah. like, that's like half the battle I feel like is like, how can I structure this? That's like, you know, and a lot of pop stuff too is like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, right. chorus, <laughs> you know? So I'm trying to like do different stuff and like, yeah, just kind of, I'm in a very like experimental, I don't know, kind of mindset now. And also like, I feel like genres are kind of becoming less and less important too. So I'm like, you know, if I want to like, throw in I don't know a flute or something like right. why not you know what I mean yeah yeah no I, I totally agree on that so like I have been doing music journalism for like 16 17 years now um so like for me I've tried to get away from boxing people into genres as much as I can mm -hmm. and like I was just talking to an artist a couple months ago uh, about a month and a half ago I guess um but we were talking about it and like on the surface, yeah, you have to have some sort of like general genre yeah, tag. Because totally. otherwise where 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 do I go? What do I play? You know, whatever. But mm -hmm. like we were talking about even just in the rock realm now, like what's what's really, you know, a true genre anymore? Nothing. Like there's so many variables and so many people that are crossing like, oh, I bring up Bring Me the Horizon entirely too much. I need to interview them sometime. But uh, oh, that'd be amazing. Like, right. Like, but you know, like every album of theirs, they've changed so much, and they've brought yeah. in these elements that aren't rock elements. They're not metal elements, but like it works. And like for for me, you know, I grew up when Bring Me the Horizon was coming out. So if you look at that first album versus the post horror, you know, latest album, like it's not the same fucking band. Yeah. And that's so cool because on the surface they are, you know, like at a high level for you, they're a, a UK rock and metal band. Mm -hmm. Sure. But listen to them and they're not, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like, I love seeing that. Like, and it's so cool as you like follow a, a group or an artist that you really like seeing them, totally just evolve and like experiment with their sounds and like sometimes it's a hit and sometimes it's a miss you know 
And like, that's just kind of, I don't know, like, I really like value that about creativity is like, just having the freedom to like, be able to do that stuff. Like one of my favorite producers is John Bellion. I don't know if you've like, Mm -hmm. he has a lot of like cool YouTube videos where he like does production breakdowns and stuff. And like, it's so cool. Just like watching people just like mess around and feel that like artistic liberty, you know? Yeah. I love that. Well, and I, I think especially in, in today's age, the digital age now, it's easier to do that because you can rebound a lot faster. Totally. If something doesn't land, cool, give me a week and I'll put something else out and I can cover that that mistake up. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. For um, sure. I think, too, that with all the digital, you know, streaming platforms and, and just YouTube accessibility, things like that, you know, if you wanted exposure blueprint because that was the only way you were getting played or or put anywhere and now you can jump on any digital streaming platform soundcloud whatever and put all your stuff out there without anybody backing you up yeah totally yeah uh so let's dive in you've got a new single coming out on february 18th called could have been um i've gotten to listen to it a couple times already uh let's talk a little bit about that you know obviously this uh, kind of the initial turn, right? Like this is the first step to making that new direction for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's um <laughs> it's so interesting because like I started working on that song like I think three years ago. Like it was sometime in 2018 that I started working on that song. Maybe 2019. Yeah. But it's like so funny to me because like that song kind of has like a new disco vibe to it a little bit. It's like that song is just like a complete mishmash of like tons of different influence for me. Um, But like that disco element to it, I was like kicking myself. I was like, oh, my gosh, if I would have finished this song when I started it, I would have beat Dua Lipa to the disco trend. (laughs) Yeah. But no, uh, I started it back a few years ago, like I said. And uh, I just like it sounded a lot different then, too. Like it it definitely like it has evolved a lot since then. And so like, I wasn't really feeling it maybe at that time. So I kind of like shelved it for a while. Um, and then I was just like listening back to like, de- you know, old demos that I had one day. And I was like, this song is really good. Like I need to finish this. Um, so probably about like halfway through 2021, I started working on it again. Um, and I'm like, so stoked about the way that it came out. Like it's, we added real guitar, real bass, Um, We changed up some of the like glitchy vocal samples that I had in there. Um, And it just came into this like really cool, this really cool vibe. And also I have my, um, my friend who's an, another Indianapolis artist. Um, His name's fifth lucky dragon. He uh, he's had some like moderate TikTok success over the last like year, which has been really cool to see like your friend, you know, like that. Um, But he's a good friend. And so, I kind of wanted like a featured artist on the song. And I, I had asked someone else um, who was like, nah, not my thing or whatever. And then Lewis, who is fifth lucky dragon. um, I asked him and he was like super down. So he, and like, now that I think back on it, like, cause the person I had originally asked to be on, it was like way back in 2018 or 2019. Right. And they were, they just heard a demo and they were like, nah. And so that was maybe also part of why I shelved it was like, I really want to feature on this. And like, I didn't really have anyone at the time, but Lewis and I have like gotten closer. Um, and his sound has evolved a lot too, to be more of that, like electro pop, like indie kind of sound. Um, so I asked him and he was down, we cut the vocals and it came out like so perfect. I would not have had it any other way. Like, I think it needed a little bit of time to like marinate, you know, and yeah, for me to just like my taste to evolve, you know, the connection I made with Lewis and having him on the track, like everything, everything just like came together perfectly. And I feel like at the right time as well, you know, cause it's kind of in a way, like a little bit of a comeback song for me. And like, yeah. I love the title of it could have been, and like, I'll probably name my spring quote unquote tour. If you want to call it that could have been because even though, the song's not really about that about this because it was written before, but now it almost like serendipitously 
makes me feel think of like what could have been over these past two years in the world if things had gone differently. You know what I mean? So it it very like it was very serendipitous. It all came together like perfectly and at the right time. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I think that's the the cool thing with with art in general, but especially music is you know, you can take that song that you've been working on, kind of bookshelf it for a little bit and come back to it and you know, jump right back in and start rearranging and end up with something completely different but perfect for what it needed, you know, and it shows like your the growth as an artist and all that. And, you know, looking at so many other like formats of of art, different mediums, whether it's, you know, painting, woodworking, whatever, like you can kind of do that to some extent. But like if you paint a landscape, you're typically not coming back to paint over that landscape with anything. But a song, you know, you can come back and be like, you know, I don't like that hook. I'm going to change it to this. Or, you know, we need 808s in this for some reason. You know, we're, <laughs> we're just going to drop this in. And yeah. it it can completely change it. And it's such a beautiful thing because your music and your art gets to evolve with you. Totally. And, like, sometimes I I fall victim to like feel like if I start a song I'm like oh my gosh like I get excited about it I get hyper fixated on it and I'm like I have to finish this song this song's fucking great it's the best thing I've ever written but like sometimes it takes like like if you're in that headspace and you're working and working and like something's still just like not gelling sometimes it takes the like stepping away letting your ears like chill for a little bit and coming back to it in a month or two or you know in my case a year or two right. and just being like with a new perspective and in a new place, maybe like the world has changed or whatever, you know, just like, I, I appreciate that so much more than like, I think in the past I would have felt like, like impatient and been like, Oh, like I should have released this sooner or like whatever. I even made a joke about that a minute ago. Cause like, I really did like used to think that way, but now I just don't feel, and maybe this is also a result of the crazy two years that we've had, but like, right. I just don't feel this like sense of urgency that I used to with like my music career and my creativity and like the things that I release. Like I used to set and like self-impose such strict deadlines for stuff. And like, I would feel like every song that I released or every like show that I had or social media posts that I made, even I would be like, this is going to be the thing that like blows up and goes fucking viral. And, you know, like I was constantly like setting these like crazy expectations and just like putting all this pressure on myself. And like, I almost feel like, although the last two years were like kind of really difficult for like everyone in the world, I almost feel like really grateful looking back on them because, because they've allowed me to like have a different approach and have this approach. That's not like, you know, so much pressure. And like, I, I have to fucking like do all this stuff and I have to do it, you know, just whatever, like whatever stuff yeah. we tell ourselves we have to do that we really don't. It's really not that important in the grand scheme of things, but like you just, you get so in your head and like so freaked out over stuff. And like, now I have, now I almost have this approach that's just like, I'm creating this music because I love to do that and I love to play shows and I love to connect with people. And, you know, I hope that I connect with more people and that my career as an artist can continue to grow. And like, I'm, but for the most part, I'm just doing it because like, I love it and it's fun and yeah, I don't yeah. feel this like crushing self doubt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I think, you know, I have a, a similar kind of view of, of the COVID years as I've been calling them. Um, <laughs> It, it forced, I think, a lot of people out of the traditional, um, you know, mindset and, and the stress mindset that we had as far as like, like you said, like self-imposed deadlines or, you know, that if I don't do these things, I'm failing somehow or whatever. And it forced us all to be a lot more mindful of kind of ourselves and like, what's best for me? Like, how do I make this work? and do the things that I love to do, but still be able to take care of myself. You know, I think maybe subconsciously for a lot of people, but I think mental health, 
you know, kind of pushed everybody into that when we all had to socially distance and we have to isolate and we have to do all this shit. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm only going to be allowed to be with myself, then I should be happy with myself. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because that was like such a, I, you know, I don't know how deep you want to get into this. If I'm going to be on your other podcast. Doesn't about matter. It, yeah. Like, we can jump in. <laughs> that was such a realization and it was so like hard was I like realized once kind of everything like went to shit, you know, like right back in, in 2020 and like really into like the winter of 2020 and 2021, like the winter months, like this yeah. time last year, I was just like, I think I realized like with everyone caring so much more and like, so focused on all of the like craziness going on in the world, I like felt like this weird like I almost felt guilty for like promoting my music or like, mm -hmm. like, Hey, here's a new pop song. Like, sorry, people are dying or whatever. You know what? Like, right. It was just yeah. like, I felt so like weird about it. And like, you know, obviously that was probably like some, you know, we all still need music and art to like get through the hard times. And like, I, it was mostly just like a personal, like weird guilt thing. But what I realized, like, I kind of intentionally took a little bit of a step back. Like, I was still releasing music, but I wasn't, like, promoting the shit out of it or anything. Like, I was mostly just kind of, like, chilling, right. you know, taking a step back a little bit. And, like, what I realized during that, like, taking a step back was, like, man, like, I have put so much of my self-worth in being an artist and, like, yeah, this, yeah. this public persona and being Emma Peridot. Like, do I actually, but am I actually like happy with right. just when it, when it's just me in my room by myself, like, am I happy or am I putting on this persona of someone who's like fucking crushing it and like blowing up and she's going to be the next pop star in the world or whatever. And it's just like, I had to really like sit with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think, you know, I, I've talked about it both on this show and the other one that, you know, the age of social media has kind of done that to a lot of people where, you know, whether it's intentional or not for everyone, I don't think it's intentional for most people, but especially like artists, creatives, influencers, if we're going to use that term, mm -hmm. um, you know, subconsciously, I think at first it becomes a very real thing. You start seeking validation through people's responses to what you're putting out. So whether that's Instagram posts or you know, the last picture got 10,000 likes and this one only got a thousand, like, what am I doing wrong? What, what do I need to do to, to make people love me? And then, like you said, like the world shuts down, you sit at home and it's like, am I happy with any of that? Like, why do those people get to say what I'm worth? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even just the realization of, you know, facing the fact that you are doing that is like, oh shit, am I, am I one of those people? Like I seek my validation from like how many likes my fucking Instagram post got or whatever. Like even just realizing that you've been putting so much, like so much energy and like emotion into like being this persona and being this, you know, public image of the best version of yourself, right. you know, and putting so much like stock in how other people react to that. That's like spot on. And then like, yeah. when you kind of take a step back from that and like, you're just like with yourself, you're like, man, like, I don't, I'm not getting that validation from other people. Like I really have to be okay with like, just feeling good about myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's for like, sure. I think, you know, it's hard to make that realization. Um, and I, obviously neither of us are therapists or anything like right, that, yeah, but, yeah. um, I think you, you really have to sit and, and either take a break from social media or whatever, slow down your pace, things like that. And, and see like, okay, is this affecting my daily mental health? You know, um, especially with like iPhones, you can see your screen time for the week and all that. Like, are you so involved in your phone that you're not taking any time to do the things that you love? And 
obviously you love making music. I love doing my podcast, things like that. But like legitimately, I was just talking to um, Casey from the Wonder Years. Uh, what night was that? Yesterday, as a matter of fact. Tuesday. Whatever day it was. I don't even know what fucking day yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> but just the other day, and and we talked about that a little bit, that you know, back in December, I was looking at it, and I'm like, I have to take a fucking break. Like, I was just redlining the whole time and trying to get everything out. And I was like, I'm, I'm happy with what I've been doing, and I, I love what I've done. But, like, at the end of the day, I was like, I have no time for me. Like, I've not sat and watched a TV show. I've not sat and played a video game or whatever and it was like but why you know like mm-hmm. if i'm if i'm not healthy and not happy where's my in my case my content gonna go you know in your case the music like if you're not healthy happy and content with yourself can i continue to put stuff out that is true and you know i think as an artist you can speak to this for sure authenticity within your music is more important than commercial success. Like, obviously we want millions of dollars, but (laughs) you know, if, if it's millions of dollars and you're having to sing songs that you didn't write, that you don't have a connection to that just aren't you, how much is that money going to make you happy? For sure. And like a big thing along with that is not only is the authenticity piece important, but like, I think a big realization for me in the last year has been my like value doesn't come from the things that I can produce and the things that I can like put out in the world, whatever, like my value is not determined on my commercial success of my music. Right. Like my value is like comes from who I am as a person and like the way that I treat other people. And like, you know, I do think that ties into my music and like my brand because that's authenticity and like encouraging other people to be the best versions of themselves is like the plat the foundation of my music you know right and of my artist brand but like if all of that got taken away you know what i mean like am i am i do i still feel that i have self-worth just for like existing like that's a huge that was like the biggest transformation that I had to go through in the last COVID years, these last two years was like, if all of this got taken away, which thankfully it's not because I really am passionate about this. I do it because it's fun and I enjoy it. But like, you have to, like, I was just sitting with myself and asking myself those questions. Like if all of this went away, like, do I like love myself for just being me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Proof, and I don't mean this as a derogatory thing, and I don't think you'll take it that way, but I think the proof of that is the fact that you're doing it when it's not paying the bills for you yet. You know, like if you didn't love it and it's not paying the bills, then why the fuck would you do it? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, man, every time <laughs> it like kind of pisses me off. This is a little bit off topic, but like not really. Every time I see those fucking like, do this side hustle and you'll just like make you make all this passive income and you can all you have to do is like this weird email thing and blah 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 i'm like dude fucking why are you like spending time on that if you like don't really care about like i don't know just like the the doing things like just for money or like whatever the whole money thing you know it's a whole thing but yeah yeah that's uh it's Yeah. I mean, that's like the craziest thing too, is that there's so many talented artists who like make no fucking money off of this stuff. And like, I, like my first job that I took right after graduating college, I was working part-time as a merch seller at a, at a concert venue at the Egyptian room. I'm sure you've been. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One of my favorite Uh, venues actually. Yeah. It's fucking, it's a great venue. Um, but like, you know, I like, that was a commission job. So like Mm -hmm. some nights I made, $50 and some nights I made $800, but like it was very inconsistent. And like the reason I took that part-time job was one to be around the music industry and like these artists and their crews and all this, you know, make connections and meet people and stuff. But the main part of that was like, I really wanted a part-time job so I could just like dive full-time into this music stuff and like hope that 
hope that it goes well and like eventually one day can pay my bills, you know, but like, man, it's been like such a journey, but yeah, you're like spot on. Like you, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't care about it. Cause like I have a full-time job now I make, I make enough money to like, you know, pay my bills and stuff. And like, I'm doing all this stuff outside the hours of nine to five. And like, that's because like, I truly, truly enjoy it. Like I'll even find my like mind just like wandering at all hours of the day, like thinking about, Oh man, like, like imagining performing on a stage or like just daydreaming, you know, like this is genuinely the stuff that I think about from like the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep. And like, I have no intention of like stopping. And, you know, even if, even if it never goes, you know, crazy viral and becomes this big, huge money-making career or whatever, which knock on wood that it does, (laughs) but even if it doesn't, like I genuinely do this because I love to, and like, I enjoy it. And that's like such a good, healthy place to be in is like not feeling like this desperation of, I have to be the next Britney Spears or fucking whatever, you know, like I have to go viral or whatever, just like doing this. Cause I love it. And if that happens, that's what's meant to be for my life. And that would be fucking amazing. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I totally get that and, and relate to it because I'm the same way. Like I've got a day job Monday through Friday and both my podcasts, all my concert photography, that's all on the side outside of work because I love doing it. And, you know, like the podcasts don't make money. I don't have advertisers or anything like that. Like it's so far, Spotify only pays Joe Rogan to be a podcast to host. Oh God. You know, don't even, yeah, don't <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, like just in general, regardless of Spotify or not, like no, no streaming platforms really paying podcasters yet based on streams or anything like that. And you know, I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have is that, oh, if you're putting stuff out in these DSPs that you're making money, well, even if you are, it's not a lot of money. Like, no. <laughs> the royalty check that comes in is there's far fewer zeros and commas than you think there is. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. But um, speaking of kind of that side of things for you, what's it been like for maybe people that are listening to this that are in a similar position as you, you know, starting to DIY a lot of stuff. What's it been like figuring out that side of the business as far as how do I get my stuff distributed on Spotify and, you know, Apple Music and all that? Um, Figuring out, you know, what channels you need to to direct your energy towards. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm like so grateful that I actually studied. I went to college for music industry studies. I went to Butler um, down here in Indy that's like what brought me to India in the first place um, was college. But I was thankful to like have a really great professor who like kind of was a mentor to me a little bit on a lot of that stuff. Um, so like we learned about a lot of the like royalties and the organizations that you need to register with and like things like that. We learned about a lot of that in school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess advice of like for people, you know, what's crazy. I've actually thought about like making a YouTube series that's like uh, just a crash course for like, so you're starting your DIY musician career. Like, here's what you need to know about the business. I've, I've honestly thought about doing that. And I wouldn't like, I hate when people are like, buy my course or whatever. (laughs) I would just do it for free. Cause like that information's already, already out there. And I would just make it like very digestible, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of like free resources on, on YouTube and stuff, but like, the biggest thing to me is just like make sure you're proud of the music first and then use something like DistroKid or any, you know, I think TuneCore, CD Baby, they all do distribution. But DistroKid is like the one I use. And then just like upload your music, upload your cover art. You can make something yourself in Canva or whatever. It's free. Right. And then just like put it out there. Just start somewhere. Like that was the thing was like the music that I released in the years leading up to rebranding as Emma Peridot, like it was not very good. Like I can admit that, like the shit that I released in college, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like great. Like they were good demos at best. You know what I mean? Right. right. But like I had to start somewhere. And like the first shows that I played was literally just me and my acoustic guitar. And like 
now I have like a full band and, you know, this like cool production and I work with awesome producers and great audio engineers and stuff. And, but like, you have to start small and that's like the biggest thing is, and I wish I wouldn't have done this as much as I even did. And I wasn't even that bad about it, but just overthinking things like, Oh, what if I do this? And what if I, what if I could do this? And you spend so much time thinking about it and not actually doing it that you're like doing yourself a disservice and like just wasting time, honestly, like it's so much better to like put that energy that you would spend overthinking what you could possibly do into just fucking trying something, you know, just like try, like write the, write a new song. That's totally different than what you ever wrote before. And like, produce it yourself. If you have to, there's plenty of videos that show you how to do that and like free plugins and things that you can, you know, like just start like, that's, that's the best advice. It's like, you're just wasting time overthinking what you could do. Just do something. And like, it's probably not going to be very good at first. It's probably not going to be like perfect the way you might imagine it, but like, you have to start, you have to build momentum to like get to a point where you're like, like, yeah, this is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's where a lot of people, it's kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Like there's a, probably the majority that are afraid to start, you know, I, I make mm-hmm. stuff, but I don't really want to put it out. You know, what if people don't like it? Like, and that goes back to the validation that we were talking about where you you're seeking validation from others versus being proud of what you're doing. Um, But then on the flip side of that coin, I think there's so many people that just throw a ton of shit against the wall, hoping something sticks, which is a method. It it works sometimes, but I think the problem with that, from my perspective of being 36 years old and on this side of the music industry for 17 years now or whatever it's been, is if you just throw a bunch of shit at the wall, nobody's going to pay attention. You're not building a loyal fan base that's like, oh, I'm interested. I'm invested in what you're doing. You're going to catch bits and pieces and get those flash in the pain. Did I lock up for a second? Yeah, yeah, you're back though. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I think you have to find the the audience that resonates with you and what you're doing, the the validation that you actually need, uh, but also seeing that return where people are going, hey, I need to know when your next single is coming out because I love what you're doing, and that's just going to fuel that passion and that fire within you. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend the um, throw spaghetti at the wall thing <laughs> either. Yeah. So yeah, there definitely is like a, a balance to it. You know what I mean? Like you should write songs and get like produce them, even if you have to do it yourself to a point that you're really proud of. Like if you are proud of it, like put it out. You know what I mean? But yeah, I yeah. would, I would, if I was like to give like a number amount to it, which I don't really think is like super necessary, but like. I feel like one song a month is like the max that you should probably release to like have added because the the thing is if you release more music than that you're not giving it adequate time to like promote it and like do the marketing and you know all the social media stuff that you're going to do to like actually give that that one song a chance to you know get attention before you like just move on to the next thing so that's would that would be like my like number amount if you if you even had to do that i definitely don't really release 12 songs a year i probably release like four or five songs a year um but yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah i i agree and i was gonna say i think for me the number would be from what i've seen big and small artists do that i think works really well is you do one song like every other month give it you know a month or two that way you can do all the cool shit for promotion too like hey, here's a little snippet from when we were in the studio and here's this little, you know, playing the hook while I'm telling you a different story so that it's there, but you don't realize it's there. And then when the song comes out, you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah, I remember that from this TikTok or this Instagram post. Like, this is cool. 
and it just makes people more engaged too because now every time you post they're like wait is there something hidden about the next single in this and like they're going to start interacting you're going to start building that that hype around yourself for sure yeah yeah i think like six six songs a year is like that's perfect like yeah once every two months that's like the perfect release time you know yeah especially if you're not doing a true ep or or lp release yeah yeah yeah, yeah. in that time like obviously if you've got something a body of work if you will prepared for that that six month period or whatever then don't release all of them as singles leading up to it but <laughs> you can still do that cool type of promotion where like you're dropping little snippets in Instagram posts or TikToks totally. and help help build that hype. Um, yeah, I think we could come up with a, <laughs> you and I could do another episode and it's just a crash course on cool marketing techniques and shit that you could do. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My job now I'm a publicist for music tech companies. So yeah. like the, my, my day job or whatever. So like, I literally think about getting like promotion strategies and stuff like all the time. Yeah. Which is obviously going to be helpful in your own, you know, exposure and, and career too. Because as you do that job more, it's going to be like, yep, I can, I can steal that for me, and I can do this. You know, this technique worked really well for somebody else, so let's do it here. Um, yeah, sure. it, it's super dope. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. You said that you've got some shows and stuff you're planning. Obviously, if you're not allowed to talk about them yet, don't. I don't want to get you in trouble with the you know, PR or anybody like that. Uh, but, you know, kind of 2022, it looks like a lot of places are starting to open up a lot more. You know, live music is coming back. Thank fucking God. Like, no. finally. <laughs> um, so what does what does the next six months look like for you as far as that stuff goes? For sure. Yeah. I don't know that I can, like, release specific information yet, but... Um, we're looking at like the last weekend in April will kick off. And because my, I and the rest of my band all work nine to fives, um, it'll be like Friday, Saturday nights, and then maybe like a Sunday coffee shop show on the way back. Um, there'll be like cool, small, like dive bars, stuff like that, you know, coffee yep. shops, like I said. Um, and so it'll be like weekends starting in late April, probably I want to do like April and May. And then I think I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, I want to do like pride festivals all June. So like every weekend in June, it'd be crazy if I could do like a different city's pride festival every weekend. Um, and then, yeah, back out in July and August. Um, I'm kind of just trying to go out from like April until like pretty much October. Nice. <laughs> um, maybe even a little bit in October, but just like get out. And cause I, I had literally just started like I was doing a similar thing back. I was like in the middle of it, like a run of weekenders in March of 2020. So I had to cancel like six or seven shows. I was in the middle of the, And that was like my first time hitting the road and like going out. It was like super, like, I was so bummed to have to do that, but like, it was what it was, but like, it feels so good that, and I'm like so excited to like be doing that again hitting the road again. Cause you know, even if it's a dive bar and there's fucking 10 people there, like I still have the best time. And like, I like to think that I put on like a great show for one person or for, you know, a hundred people. So, um, yeah, so that'll be it. There'll be some like hometown shows in Indy that are obviously bigger. Like we sold out, um, some cool event, like lo-fi lounge in Indy, yeah. which is like my favorite spot. Um, the healer, had a show there this fall that was super cool, went super well. Um, and then I had my EP release show on that like run that I was talking about before at this venue called Square Cat. Um, so yeah, super cool venues here in town. I'm sure there'll be like a decent amount of like local shows um, that'll, you know, be bigger. So get your tickets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the, the ones in Indy that you've named are, perfect for that type of like i want something small and, and really be able to just vibe with the music versus like, from a perspective because 
you're around and maybe this is the covid you know talking from this but like you're around so many people at that point like if it only takes a couple people to ruin a fucking night and if it's a small intimate show you're less likely to have those assholes that are trying to fight in the pit or whatever oh yeah 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 i love those venues i think all the venues i described their cap is like the room cap is like a hundred so locally that's something like we could we could fill that room for sure and it's always so fun because like the same people start coming out you start having like your loyal followers and stuff and just making those like friends and connections like with your fans or whatever it's like the coolest feeling like i would love to start branching out of indie and like having that experience in these other cities and you know i'm on my way there i'm working on it because it's tough too because i feel like a lot of my audience is probably young like just knowing my target audience is probably like a lot of high school kids and stuff. And a lot of these venues are bars. So like, right. I think about that sometimes too. I'm like, man, I got to get into like these all ages venues and like connect with the teenagers who are like into my stuff. So yeah, I'm just excited. Like I feel like getting out there and playing these shows and then just like continuing to like, like I said earlier, like I have this like reignited, like I, I just feel like reinvigorated to like, be chasing this dream and like pursuing all this. And like, I feel like my purpose for doing it has been like redefined by the COVID years and like the breakthroughs that we talked, you know, talked all about and like really just coming to this like conclusion and this mindset of like, I'm doing this because I love it. And I'm doing this because I want to share my stories and my experiences and like connect with people. And that's a lifelong, that's a lifelong pursuit. You're never going to stop having experiences. You're never going to stop having stories to tell. And like, if I can grow as a person and as an artist and have people like come along that journey with me, like that's, that's the dream right there. You know, it's like, just like growing and like i i feel just like so inspired and like that that shift of mindset has been everything to just do it because i love being creative and i love telling my story and i love connecting with people and like i want to connect with more people like that's been such a cool it's taken so much pressure off and like really taken me back to the basics of like why I do this in the first place and that like I'm just so like so unbelievably stoked and this conversation is getting me even more stoked (laughs) because like I just you know it's it's such a good feeling to like really feel like aligned with who you're supposed to be and like what you want you know yeah yeah for sure and I think you know the the venues obviously are an important factor streaming plays some factor but you know to tie back into that real quick um I was talking to, I'm going to forget, I think it was, yeah, I'm not going to remember which band it was. Not the point to the story anyway. Uh, We were talking about like, you know, looking at your streams and kind of analyzing that data to know where you should tour and stuff like that. And they brought up a great, and it's like, yeah, that's a good benchmark for the first time you go to that city. But then you, what you need to be paying attention to is how many people actually showed up. How many people bought merch? How many people were involved? Because say you know, 30,000 listens a month, which would be incredible. But if you go there and, you know, a hundred people show up, was that worth that trade-off? You know, like mm-hmm. you have to start looking into that too. And um, I think the point that I was trying to make on that for you is, you know, I think you're still in the right mindset of, I want to play the venues that maybe don't have the highest capacity so that I know the people that are there are there for me and not just, oh, there was, there was music on tonight and I was coming to check it out and left halfway through or whatever. Like it's, yeah. it's actually invested fans. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I would so much rather like play a show where there was like, you know, 25 attentive people than like, play this crazy like raging like dance club or bar or whatever but like nobody was really there for me i would so much rather have the former you know what i mean yeah so yeah yeah awesome so we've kind of touched on everything um obviously i will link all of your social medias and everything but kind of to to wrap up let's do the kind of standard outro 
Where can people find you? What can they expect online? We've got the new single uh, dropping soon. And just, you know, yeah, what's what's on the horizon, I suppose, for, for new listeners? For sure. Yeah, so single comes out uh, February 18th, which maybe this podcast is already out by that time. It, so I think, hang on, I will tell you. you. Go ahead with the rest of your stuff. I will count out and see. I think it is going <laughs> to be out in time. All right, so if it's out, go check it out. It's called Could Have Been. Uh, it's on all streaming platforms. Spotify, if you're still there. Apple Music and all the other ones as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm on social media at It's Emma Perido. That's P-E-R-I-D-O-T. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, same handle on all those platforms. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me, Josh. This was like such a great conversation and I'm like, I feel so like jazzed up right now. And it's just so cool to like talk to people who are like-minded and also super cool that you're like down the road in coconut. (laughs) So we'll have to like stay connected for sure. And yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And you know, this is, this has been awesome. Yeah, for sure. So looking at the calendar, this will come out uh, February the 16th. I'm putting it on there now. So two days before the single drops. Um, So obviously we'll try to give you that last little push right before the (laughs) single. So everybody gets over there and, um, you know, streams it and and checks you out. So yeah, keep in touch. Uh, You know, any of those shows, like I said, on Monday through Friday as well. So the weekends work best for me anyway, typically. Uh, But I can get I can get down there and, you know, we can hang, do one of these in person and, you know, show photography, all that sort of stuff, promo work, whatever we need. So for sure. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, Like I said, this will go up the 16th and we'll, you know, blast as much as we can. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been great. Yeah. Awesome. I'll be in touch with you about uh, the mental health one too at some point. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'd love to do it. Sweet. All right. See you later. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Emma Paradot. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Huge shout-out to Emma. Thank you for taking the time. Um, and, yeah, you know, I really honestly hope you guys enjoyed that, and I want you to go check her out. As always, her li- social media links and things like that are going to be in the description of the podcast. She's got a new single coming out this Friday, so just a couple days after this podcast goes live. Um, Her new single is called Could Have Been, um, and, you know, I think there's going to be a lot more conversations with Emma. Uh, We're going to do a Musicians for Mental Health episode, um, and then we may do, like, a series where... Emma and some other artists that I've had on, especially in the DIY arena, kind of put together a a series where we talk about things they wish they would have known when they were starting or tips and tricks and like almost like a little master class-ish type thing. Um, If you guys would be interested in that, let me know because I think that could be pretty dope. But yeah, I want you guys to go to Emma's social medias, like, subscribe, follow, all of that. Check out the new song, Could Have Been, this Friday, February the 18th. Let us know what you think of that. Um, And then for You Make the Scene, obviously I want you to go over, uh, make sure you've liked, subscribed, followed, all of that as well. For the podcast, you know, anytime you guys could share episodes or clips or anything like that, um, that would be huge. Anytime you talk about us is huge. Leave us ratings, things like that. Um, Comment on our posts. All of that kind of filters into the algorithm for us um, and lets us know what we're doing well, what we're not. Uh, gives us more visibility depending on the platform, things like that. Uh, there are new merch designs being worked on as we speak. So hopefully very, very soon. I'm hoping for in the next week or two. Basically by the end of February is my, my target goal. Uh, we will have some new merch designs up. 
maybe some new merch products. Um, and yeah, you know, 2022 is starting off to look pretty huge. So um, definitely going to be bringing you more interviews, uh, both for the You Make the Scene podcast as well as the Musicians for Mental Health podcast. Um, and hoping to get out and, and shoot some shows, things like that. Uh, and provide awesome shit for you guys. That's everything I've got for you this week, though. So, as always, guys, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.